Welcome to the Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Show. Your host, Carol Dixon Carr, is an educator of and a participant in many eclectic subjects, and she loves it that way. Each week, she'll bring you episodes and stories on how you can navigate those multiple passions while managing your mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional energy in your life as a whole. So here's Carol. Yes, Carol Dixon Carr here, along with hypnotherapist Nicholas Holmes. He is a solution-focused hypnotherapist who helps his clients find healthy perceptions of themselves so they can strengthen their relationships, regain their inner strength, and ultimately lead a fulfilling and peaceful life. As we know, when human beings experience trauma, and there's a lot of people out there experiencing trauma, and any kind of severe life stresses, it's not uncommon for their lives to just completely unravel. So Nick's great passion is bringing healing to these people who've been through a traumatic and or stressful experience. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So I would love if you could just tell us a bit about your story, about how you became interested in your line of work and just even the challenges and the triumphs. And I, if I interrupt you, it's not me trying to be rude. It might be that I have a follow-up question, but yeah, have at it, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great, Carl. Now you interrupt me as much as you want because sometimes I need that bit of guidance myself. <laughs> No, so yeah, I, I started, I, I left school and um, I went into the armed forces. So I went into the Royal Navy and spent a few years there. And it's quite a challenge. I sailed the seven seas. I went to the Far East. I went to America, visited Philadelphia, New York, Rhode Island, and all those wonderful places. And I kind of went into sales. I went to university, studied law, found myself in a sales position. But I wanted to really understand how to develop rapport with people. So my first exploration was listening to Brian Tracy, the American psychologist. So I bought his, I think it's a six steps to success and achievement. I have that cassette tape from, yeah, like, yeah. it was years ago. I'm going to say the 80s or 90s. <laughs> yeah. I, I sometimes play it now still. I sometimes play it now because it's, so much information in there in such a short kind of period. And so I studied that, I looked at that, then I looked at body language, because when I work with people, I want to understand what they're thinking and how they're thinking and how they react to me. So I started to understand that when I try to sell a product to somebody, it's about the person, it's not about the product, it's not about the company. The person wanted to work with me, want to build trust. So I started looking at body language, so how they express themselves and whether or not I was coming across well, but not in a manipulative way, in kind of an influential way. And from there, I started to think, well, this isn't really about the product or the company. This is about people. This is about me and this is about the person I'm speaking to, whether it's a managing director or an engineer on the shop floor. He wants to feel that he has value in the company. And if I can offer him a solution that creates that value, not only will his company be successful, but he will be too. His boss will think he's a great guy for sorting out their problem or their issue. So I wanted to be able to understand how to deal with people better. And from there, I started doing it part time. So I studied a bit of psychology, some hypnotherapy, and then some body language. And I started helping family and friends, and then I got a few more referrals. Then, for about the last five or six years, I was doing that for part time, just for as long as I'm my main role. The main role paid the mortgage, put food on the table. And this was kind of like an interesting hobby. 
And then about 18 months ago, I my work came to an end. We lost two big contracts and my boss said to me, look, Nick, I don't know where this is going. I can give you this other job if you want it. And I thought, mm, I don't think that's going to go anywhere either. So we had like a golden handshake. He gave me a pot of money and said, look, I think, and I thought, great, I can, I can make this full time. So my partner's a counsellor. So she, she works in psychology as well. So I thought, yeah, hypnotherapy and counselling, this is the way to go. So for a few months, we, I set up the company and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit us. And then, of course, then we had this kind of big period this last year where our mental health has just been going haywire. Yes. Still. So part, yeah. yeah. We have it in the UK, we have the national health system. So it's state run and we kind of all pay it through our taxes. But as you know, it's free unlike America where I think you have to pay for it privately. So a lot of people go into national health saying, I've got COVID related stress issues. I'm driving my car, I've had a panic attack and I've crashed my car or mm. I'm really, I'm even worse, a lot of relationships have been a lot of relationship issues because my partner specializes in relationships. So there's been a lot of people coming to him and saying, look, we've had a really tough time. We're really struggling because people weren't going out. They weren't socially interacting. We weren't producing these happy hormones and chemicals in our bodies to make us feel happy. So we're trapped in this cage like a tiger. And we're yeah. So we're fighting each other. Of course, that's affected relationships. It's affected our relationship with our, our children. And so throughout this period, I've kind of been working in the, in the background with my partner to help her, but also myself helping clients. There's been a lot of clients who've been very stressed out at the moment not just with business, but with how they are. So that's where I am today. I'm now doing it full time and I'm really enjoying it. I mean, after a day of five clients, I feel much better than I do when I've started the day because with hypnotherapy, we only deal with positivity. We just deal oh, okay. with positive aspects. We don't look at the trauma. We don't look at where, they are, where they've come from. We just look at where they are today and where they want to be in the future. So it's all positive it's positive solution focus and none of it is negativity. We don't, we don't kind of allow negativity into the conversation. So anything's negative, we reframe it in a positive wording. So we don't hear I can't and I will, we hear I, I will and I'll try and I'll, we will do this. So it's all positive. It's, it's getting our clients into the positive part of their brain. And once they're in the positive part of the brain, they're really creative. And they can come up with an answer based on any, any assessment of the situation, a, a positive answer. You know, and it was interesting because I'm in the process of doing this positive intelligence quotient training, and they are talking about how the saboteurs can hijack our brains and focus on, even if you had like an, a fabulous day, like that one thing, you just keep focusing on that negative thing. So I I find that uh, fast, I find the whole brain thing fascinating. You mentioned creativity, that's like that prefrontal cortex act versus the limbic system that mostly yeah. takes over. <laughs> and I think that what you're doing is a great thing because when you said that you've been dealing with a lot of people who've been stressed out, I was going, I was like, wow, you said you felt better at the end of the day. And I'm like, ooh, Let's navigate that because I've always wondered how people, my, my sister has got a counseling psych degree, my daughter is interested in being a psychotherapist and they've all battled depression and I'm wondering how do you hang on to, is there, because we're both, we're all empathetic people in our family and I didn't know if you took some of that on, but how about? Because my, my partner's a counselor, unfortunately, sometimes she will, she will deal with the trauma because 
she she deals with thoughts and feelings at the conscious level. I deal with them at the conscious level. So when clients come to me, what I just say to them is, how can I help you? And they'll go, well, I can't sleep. I feel anxious. I feel depressed. Now, I won't then say to them, well, when can you trace that back to tell me about how that happened? We don't go there. Mm -hmm. We don't need to know that, Carol, because that's in the past. And when your brain puts something in the past, it locks it away and it locks it away for a reason. Because the brain, as you know, can't tell the difference between imagination and reality. Yeah. You were to open that Pandora's box, you open it, and then the trauma comes out. Then your mind thinks you were where you were at the time the trauma yeah. happened. And then you then go through all the symptoms. You panic, you, you run off, you have a heartbeat, fast heartbeat. So all of a sudden you're taking somebody back 10 years. But then if you're in a therapy session... 50 minutes of your session is dealing with where you've taken them just by asking them one question. So we don't go there. So we give them a full hour of positive therapy. And what happens then is we have a trance session. So half an hour of trance session. And in that time, we turn off this conscious filter in the brain so that we can directly access the subconscious in a positive way. Our clients are just relaxing. There's no deep hypnosis. There's no kind of um, somnambulism there going on. They're just relaxing. And then during the next five days after the session, their brain starts to rewire. So we get them in a positive frame of mind, they have these positive things that they come up with positive goals. Then we use that as kind of a direct or indirect suggestion that they use while they're relaxing. And then they go away much more positive than they came in. And we've had quite a lot of success. I had um, a woman come to me recently. She's kind of got um, a few symptoms of, of being overstressed and anxious. And I thought it would should be here for 10, maybe 10, 15 sessions. But she had a fifth session last week and she said, Nick, she said, I'm feeling fantastic. She said, this is five sessions. And we have a scaling chart. So one to 10 on a scale. And she came to me, she was on number two, which is one is bad, two is a bit better, 10 is best. She was a two. Last week, she was a seven in just five sessions. Nice. She said, next week, I'm feeling so good, I think I'm going to finish the sessions. So now she's managing to go out on her own. She drives away before she couldn't leave the house. Oh. Now she's doing things on her own just in five sessions. So it is very powerful. And one of the big advantages of not going into past is that we don't need to drag that with us. She's now forgotten about the past. She's moving towards the future because the past has gone, Carol. Right. We can't do anything about the past. Whatever happens in the past, how bad it was, how good it was, those things have gone. We can't change them. All we can do with is is the present moment and the future. And that's what we work on. Yeah, and that's part the biggest reason why I originally got into coaching because it's more uh, windshield versus rear view window type although right, I know therapy definitely has its place because I've been in therapy our whole family has at some point I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with therapy at all for sure but I do like the idea that we don't want to stay in it I mean you could you have to move through the feelings at some point or else it might manifest itself in your body in other ways but if there's a way that you can combat that without any adverse reactions and only positive I'm I'm here for it totally so how do you manage your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical energy as you navigate your clients and tailor making the way you do the hypnotherapy with them and those conversations? And then, you know, with your partner, I'm sure that she's got some stories. I know she's bound by confidentiality, but I'm sure that there's some things that 
she's heard that might have affected her? How do you manage it all? Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. Uh, difficult. It's really different with counselling and hypnotherapy because we don't need to digress into the future, whereas counsellors sometimes do. So, yeah, particularly with her more, it's kind of a case that you do take a lot into your head. So you do need to have a lot of supervision as well. So that's how we deal with it from a counselling supervision point of view. You need to kind of talk to, us, to, your, to your supervisor to deal with issues that that you faced and um, for example if she's had a day of five clients who have suffered through the COVID crisis and really anxious and they go back to past traumas it can be really draining but again with me my mental energy is different in fact I said to you before I, I start the day now I, I wake up quite good but after I've had five or six clients because it's all positive talking with I've read five to six trance language patterns to, to my clients because when we read a trance and language pattern, I go into a semi-trance myself. So sometimes I don't even remember working with clients about. So at the end of the day, I'm feeling really good. So I, although I have supervision twice a month, I don't need it from a counseling type of let's release those emotions you're feeling now because I don't have them. I, I'm really positive. My clients are positive and we, we end the day on a positive note. None of my clients go backwards, they always go forwards. And you imagine if you're working with people who are positive and you're positive, all you have is a positive reaction. So my mental and emotional standpoint at the end of the day is really positive. In fact, it's more positive when I don't have any clients because <laughs> I like clients, it keeps me emotionally stable and emotionally positive <laughs> because that's what we're working on. So yes, yeah, spiritually, I think that's really we're all connected to something bigger than ourselves. I, I think we're all connected to the universe somehow. I mean, that's my opinion on it. We all have this kind of energy, this kind of cycle of life that we have this, I don't know, it's called Hertz, isn't it? It's electrical energy. Yeah, yeah. The earth revolves at this level. And, and we're in harmony with the earth and the universe. I think that that is so important. And when we're relaxed, when we're working from our um, left prefrontal cortex, as you know, we're in those particular um, alpha, so beta waves that so we can be really relaxed. And that's where I think the law of attraction comes from. This is kind of, if you're there with the universe, you can achieve anything. Yeah. And there's so many different ways where the brain can go, because as you know, the brain has more possible neural connections. Than there are atoms in the universe. So we have like a trillionth power, whereas the universe only has eight to the 87th power. You can see that our brains can actually create all these new neural connections. So we can achieve anything we want to achieve. We've just got to get our brain working in the left prefrontal cortex. Yeah. And it's not that difficult to do, to be quite honest. It's not, there's a lot of talk about it being really difficult. And there's, if, as long as a person isn't psychosis or they have bipolar, which is quite difficult unless on medication, but everything else, depression, anxiety, and everything else can be, can be tracked quite easily. That's and now for me, I I have to move. That's one of those things. That I know the days that I don't exercise, I notice that my my psyche, the way I perceive the world, <laughs> and sometimes like as an, like I said, as an as an empath, sometimes I take on stuff that's not mine, and I have to sit and figure out what's going on. <laughs> do you do you get some patients that come in who are like, yikes, I'm taking on other people's stuff, and I'm not even sure how to disentangle what's happening right now do you have things like that 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think you, you write about movement. I mean, for me, movement from an exercise point of view, it's so important because that creates new neural pathways. But yeah, certainly we've got a lot of clients who come in and they're kind of, they feel they can, they, they're the world's kind of dustbin for everybody else's problems. But again, that's, that's because they're in the primitive brain and, and when they're in the primitive brain, it kind of feeds on other things. And if, if we have other people are negative, it kind of affects us negatively because we have mirror neurons. So when we're talking together, we pick up other people's mirror neurons. So I can pick up how you're feeling. So if you come into the room upset, then I'm likely to be upset to mirror you. But if you're happy, I'm likely to be happy. And some people unfortunately just attract negativity and then some people who are, are quite negative, our brain has this template of negativity. So it'll always default to that. And if we're used to that, we, it becomes a belief for us. If, we're, if we address everything from a negative standpoint, then everything we look at is through these negative lens. Right. And what right. we have to do is to change this template. We have to make it positive. And the only way we do that is by changing our beliefs. And that's by taking action on our beliefs and changing our beliefs. And we don't need to take big steps. We can just take small steps. Yes. And then those small steps is like a snowball, Cal, as you know, you roll a snowball and it gets big. And I made a snowman about three months ago. It was snowing in the UK. And I, for the first time in years, I made a snowman. And as I was rolling the balls, I thought, oh, yes. Nice That's what my clients are doing, rolling these balls to get bigger and bigger. And then five, ten weeks later, they've, they've disappeared. They're big snowmen gone off into the distance. Love that metaphor. That's great. Very nice. I've just been watching how people are, and I don't know what the climate is in the UK with respect to all the crazy, the politics, race relations, all of that. It make, and everybody has different points of view and filters and that kind of thing. Have you ever tried to, or have you ever considered doing some like group hypnotherapy with people with differing views? to see if they can come to a, a communication understanding that's not volatile. And I know I just threw this question at you, but I was just, it has me curious. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, group hypnotherapy in itself is not, it's not about um, dealing with each individual as an individual. So if you come to me with anxiety, some kind of depression, some lack of confidence, we all, we use a very similar format for everyone we deal with. The only time it's slightly different is say somebody who has a phobia or somebody who wants to stop smoking and then we'd use a slightly different format. We'll use neuro-linguistic programming, for example, with phobias. But generally, it's very similar format. So you wouldn't get involved with the individual on a personal level, but what we would do is just generally give them some idea about the, how the thoughts and feelings affect. So we'll talk about our, their beliefs, their thought, thoughts and feelings, it affects their behavior and it affects the outcome. And really a group hypnotherapy session is about understanding, asking a question that one of the things we do is say, what's been good during the day? Write down 10 things that have been good that's happened to you today or during the week. And it gets people in this positive frame of mind. And then we talk to them, maybe I'll say something like, well, tell me you go to bed at night and you're feeling like a five on the scale. If you woke up in the morning and you were a 10, what would be different about your life? And in a group session, you wouldn't necessarily share that. They would write those things down. Yeah. And then they would say, well, then I would say to them, what small steps could you make towards making that happen? And so they'd say, for example, like, oh, if I was a, if I was a 10 on the scale, I would be, 
I would be drawing again. I would be going out and windsurfing. I would be interacting with my friends more. So they know what their steps are for five or six people. Then you'd say to them, okay, don't tell, you don't need to tell us what small step could you make towards doing that? Like today I had a client and um, he picks up his business phone all the time. He's always on it and the weekend he's on it. He doesn't, he, he doesn't know why he's not relaxing. So his goal now is to put his phone away on a Friday night, put it in the drawer. Yes. And that's his action towards it. So he's not getting then anxious about his phone going off business calls during the weekend. So that's one small step. And then the next week he might, for example, start, go back to his old hobby of reading. So he'll work on reading, then he'll work on some, and all of a sudden you've got this kind of slope that goes up towards his perfect 10. Nice. And this is, and then in the group session, then we'd probably have, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of uh, relaxation, uh, music and, and rereading a short passage. So we get our clients to relax, close their eyes, and then we have access to the subconscious. So all those positive thoughts they have are now going into their subconscious not on a, a forced level, but they've just, because they've been thinking positively, it's like when you go to bed thinking positive, you've got something on your mind and it's negative, you can't get to sleep, can you? <laughs> right, right. But if it's positive and you're thinking positive in a happy place, you can sleep like a like a baby. So that, and that, and that is the basis of hypnotherapy. You get people in a positive place, they then we put them into kind of a relaxed state where it's just like meditation. You can wake up anytime, like driving a car, you don't know where you, how you got there or baking a cake or watching a film. So we put them in this relaxation and they wake up afterwards and they feel really good. Then in the next five days, your brain will actually reprocess this information and then you start creating these positive templates. Nice. And sometimes it works more quicker for some clients, sometimes it's not. So, it's, so if you have some deep trauma that you've come to me for, if it was planted when you're very young, it's probably grown into a big tree. It's a seed that's planted as a big tree. But if it's only happened to you recently, it might just be a small tree, which is easier to, to uproot. But a big tree might take a bit longer. And it depends on the willingness of the, of the client as well. If they're really willing to, to help. So it doesn't work for people who are kind of, if, if you say, oh, I've got somebody I know and they must come to you, and then you say to that person, you've got to go to me, you've got to go to me. It doesn't work because they've got to come with their own free will because mm -hmm. they've got to be there willing to take part in the process. If somebody else is pushing them, then the mind's going to resist it. You know what the mind's like. It's going to go, oh, hang on, this isn't good for me. But if they go there, they're already starting to be receptive to the whole process. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember, gosh, I was, I might have been in college and they had some guy, he rubbed me the wrong way. So that was probably why it was not suggestible. He tried to hypnotize us. And I just, I remember just sitting there with my arms folded and like, this isn't working. But it wasn't that I was actively seeking him out. I suspect I could probably easily get into a trance state with you because you, you've got that, you radiate some really cool stuff. And then that's why I, read. I, I love that. I was wondering if you could give some advice to those, because I'm sure you have a variety of people. What? Would you say to people, since you are future focused, positive focus, what would you give our listeners advice in terms of pursuing their dreams? And since you know this is for you know, the target market is typically multi passionate people, but I have some singularly focused folks too who listen. How would you how would you uh, get them to keep stay the course? And then you had a great meditation. I don't know if that overlaps, but. I'm just going to let you talk. I'm going to shut up and let you talk. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, I think 
multi-gifted people often think they're not good enough and they kind of have this self-doubt sometimes because they're, they're always trying to prove that they have to prove they're better and they're kind of this, they have this kind of self-doubt. So we need to cover this self-doubt. There's lots of ways, you know, it's kind of, there's overwork, tendency to burn out, not enjoying life, work or relating and tendency to isolate themselves. So what, what they need to do is this, the three Ps that we work on is positive action, positive interaction and positive thoughts. So we need to interact with people because going back to our caveman days, we're better in a tribe rather than individuals. Because if we got cast out of the tribe, we starved and we'd die. So we're better working with people. So don't isolate yourself, work with people. I mean, people may not be as talented as you, but we'll interact with people because when we interact, it gets our, our happy chemicals flowing, oxytocin and serotonin. Positive thoughts, positive thoughts about future. If you're multi-talented, you've got so much that you, you can go for. There's so much out there. It might be overwhelming, but you're in a fortunate position. You can try anything. And anything you try, you'll be really good at. So just remember that. that and again, positive thought creates happy chemicals. And positive action, take positive action. So let's say you're multi-talented. One of the things I would say to you, what, what would you do if it, you weren't going to get paid any money? What, what one thing would you do that you enjoy so much, that you love so much, that you do without being paid money for it? What is that one thing? And the other thing you could do is if you've got multi-talents, could you find a job where maybe you could combine two or three of the talents? So, you know, something, I've got an example here. I'll just, I'll just quickly help for an example. Is that a guy who got work and combining his talents of technology and art got work in the planetarium. So he does the technology behind the scenes and he also does the art. So can you combine those um, kind of um, uh, gifts together? And the other thing I'd say to people as well is maybe if you can't do everything, can you do one or two of them as hobbies? So I don't know if you've, if you like the music, you like the arts, do it as a hobby. You don't necessarily pursue it as a career. Go for what you love, what you'd like to do the best, then just keep to it. But hey, even if you change course in two or three years, what's it matter? Because multi-talented people have that kind of, they can turn the hand to anything. And and as you know, variety is a spice of life, Cal. You know, I mean... My tagline. <laughs> I've never had the problem of being multi-talented because of, but it's really just have that have that self-belief that you, you are good and write down all the positive things about yourself that you can do this, you can do that. Just write down all these positive things and have a positive diary so I can do this, I, I'm good at this, I'm creative, I'm, I've got strength, I've got confidence. And keep reminding yourself of these things. Don't, don't think that you're inferior because you don't know which direction to go. And just remind yourself of these things and then just focus on the areas that you really love to do. Maybe keep two or three of them as hobbies or just combine them into one particular one particular role. Yeah, that's kind of how, that's how I pretty much lived my life for the last, since 2012, I think, is I finally got that exactly incorporated. I didn't know you, I just met you this year, but I incorporated <laughs> it in just the way that you suggested it. Very nice. So... I've, the thing that I wanted to do before I ask about any last words of wisdom is if you could hand the floor over to you and I will excerpt this out and have a separate recording for the listeners too as well. Okay, so you want to do some uh, like meditation, yeah? Some sure, like, yeah. Something positive yeah, okay. to get people, get people going on their day and feeling good about what they're pursuing. Okay. Well, I mean, I've got a short passage I can read in some music, but if you want some thoughts before we go there, do you want, do you want thoughts or do you want this um, language pattern for me to read now? or do you? Whatever 
you feel is the best way to go. I trust you. Okay. Well, I could just read this uh, slight piece of um, guided relaxation if you want. It'll probably be about 10 minutes. Do you okay. want me to read that and play some music? Okay, sounds good. Yeah. So, I mean, all I would say to people at the moment, and particularly with what's happening in the world, is my one piece of advice is just concentrate on the things we can control. Yes. There's lots of things outside of our control at the moment, especially in the UK. There's lots of been decisions being made that we can't, we have no influence over. So just please really focus on the things you control. Look after yourselves, look after your families, have fun, but just be mindful of what's happening. But don't, please don't worry about what's happening in the world because things are sorting themselves out. And honestly, try not to listen to news 10 times a day. Because Amen. Because <laughs> for every negative thought we have, we need five pieces of positive information to yes. counteract that. Do you imagine if we have 10 negative thoughts, we need 50 pieces of positive information. So try and think less negatively and try and think more positively. Okay, so what I'll do, I'll put some music on and let me know if you can hear it and then I'll read this passage. So if you, you can even shut your eyes if you want as well then. <laughs> Sounds good. If you want to, just take a few deep breaths and just put your head back, Carl, and just close your eyes. And... Okay. When you're ready, lie yourself back. You can settle down and begin to relax. And just make yourself nice and comfortable. Notice the weight of your head resting there on the cushion. Be aware of your head relaxing on the cushion. Will fully support the full weight of your head. You don't have to hold any stress or tension in the shoulders or neck. You can just let your head rest back, nice and relaxed. And let go. Relax your shoulders too. Because you know that the arch will fully support you. you take your full weight, height, every muscle, every fibre of your beings. You just relax back into the sofa. Fully supported. Now is the time for you to do nothing. You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to do anything. Just lie back and work. And your mind can drift and drift and shoot all the sounds of your energy. Sounds outside. None of these things As they come to be reminded that the world is safely still turning. You can allow yourself a moment to just rest back. Let go of any tension in your stomach or across your shoulders. Ease off those muscles in your back and down your spine. Along the muscles in your legs, down through your ankles and all the way to your feet. Your toes, even your arms and every finger. Resting and relaxing. Drifting and dreaming with your thoughts as you pay attention to your breathing. Object to rise. It happens all by itself, with every breath you take, every word I speak, you can just let go. I want you to imagine, as vividly as you can, you're at the top of a beautiful wall, softly lit staircase with ten steps to go down, all covered in a beautifully soft carpet in your favourite colour design. 
wonderfully smooth hardwood handrail at the side. Bottom of the staircase is the door. Behind that door is a room. Your own special room. Nobody ever goes there. In a moment or two, I'm going to count all the way down from 10 down to zero. As I count all the way down from 10 down to zero, you can imagine that each number is a step on the staircase. Another step down into deeper and deeper levels of relaxation. But by the time I get to zero, Relaxed as you can ever be. And take the first step down now. Plenty of time. No need to hurry. Getting more and more relaxed. Moving down easily. And another step down now. Relaxed. Calmness. Imagining how it feels as your hand glides down that stairway. Going deep. Five. Feeling more and more relaxed. Four. Keep still. Almost all the way down there. Just one more step to go. Now you find yourself in the back of your special Thinking for a moment, noticing the colour and design, looking at the texture and pattern of the handle, and understand that this room is always here for you in your thoughts. You can always find it just by going down that staircase of calmness relaxation in your mind. When you open the door, you will be easily inside the room. It's comfortable and warm inside here. Softly put. It's furnished exactly as you'd want it to be to make it absolutely perfect. Make it truly vivid in your mind. Elevate. Well as white looks. In the middle of the room is a comfortable chair, a wonderfully luxurious and comfortable chair. You just dawdle lazily over to it and flop yourself down, throwing that deep sense of tranquility that sweeps over you as you sink into the cushions. And this, this is the fresh pattern of subconscious control mind now carry forward from your childhood to your adult life. Free from the problems and self-limiting influences that only rose through misunderstandings and false beliefs. You're entering a new world of experience, a new quality of life, a more elevated mental and emotional vantage point, which the best options left to continue life always available, always be seen. Now, while you ponder upon those thoughts, I want to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there were two trees growing by the bank of the river, a tall tree and a small tree. That small young tree cut away from dancing the breeze. He knew how to be very flexible. When the wind blew, 
enjoy changing his perspective. Enjoy just dancing and moving, moving and dancing. You see so many things when it changes its perspective. A big tree was so inflexible, it's directly visible to me. But it was a little bit scared of changing its perspective, a little bit nervous about it. One day I asked a small tree, how do you do that? How do you change the way you see things? Change the way you enjoy things? And my little tree said, well, you must kind of let go and just let it happen. So the next time when I went to the tree really wanted to let go. You can make those changes. No need to be afraid. Roots go down deep in the ground. You can have instability. Even though you're moving winds of change, you're in the dance. But in a dance of life, you can allow that to happen all by itself. Our big tree was so happy, feeling its way into a new way of seeing things. Because it had a new way of seeing things, it also had a new way of recalling things. Even like images wanted to recall the dance. Our big tree also learned as it got more flexible in its behaviour thought was in horizon, but the only limitation it was placing on itself. As it danced its way, wade and dance, you could see further and further, fields beyond towns. You could see the sea in the distance. It was so happy to have a new way of seeing things. So happy to know we were in a new way, pleasant images, pleasant memories. Now each and everything Approach each new task with complete ease of mind, knowing that you are relaxed and in a perfect frame of mind. Calm, relaxed and confident. Every day your confidence grows, it means it's more your confidence grows. The day after grows stronger than before. As you practice being more and more confident, so your confidence grows and becomes stronger. As more and more, the feelings of self-worth become stronger. Then, each new situation, whatever you need to, you take control. Calm your mind. Disregard troubles and you are calm. Relaxed. Poised. Confident. Are your own person. You leave here today and go forth into the world looking forward with a new and determined optimism. You are armed now with new knowledge and understanding of the person you are, unique and special, your real self. Confident in your own abilities to be true to those values really are important to recognize what is false and inappropriate. Now you love and respect yourself for the person that you are and be happy with all you do have. Yesterday is gone and with it is gone all the influences that could make a difference. Tomorrow is but a myth that we can colour with imagination. But today is very relevant. All is real and for this moment we live. And then that too is gone, either seized upon and 
wasted. And choose to which reality is yours. and take a few deep breaths and open your eyes. That was so nice. I needed that. <laughs> I really did. That was awesome. So cool. Glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> did. I think our listeners will too. I'm so calm now. <laughs> 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 Very nice. So as we're wrapping things up, uh, do you have any last words of wisdom to give to our listening audience? I think, I think what we have to do is just remember that we need to kind of give ourselves some self-love and we need to do lots of things in life that kind of help and assist us. So we, let's focus on the things that make us happy, things that make us feel confident. Um, going out walking in nature is fantastic because yes. all the plants and the fauna and flora, they give off chemicals that react with our own chemicals. It's not just about walking in nature, but it actually generates happy chemicals in our brain when we go outside. Yes. Try and get some exercise, even if you can't, even if you're limited physically by doing some exercise. If you do some exercise in your chair, you can do some type of exercise. And when we exercise, our brain also produces new neurotransmitters. Yes. So it helps our brain as well. Every time we exercise, our brain gets better as well. It's not just our body. It's Absolutely. our mind and connection. Um, and then just really things like your thoughts. If you're having difficult thoughts, just have a think about when you were, when you had that thought, what the thought was, and then try and find some evidence for that thought. So what evidence supports that thought? And then look at evidence that doesn't support that thought. And then look at your emotions afterwards and then look at them then. So if you're having a thought, try and find things to disprove that thought because we often get out of control with our thoughts. So is there any facts behind that thought? Oh, this person doesn't like me. Oh, is there any facts to support that? No, there isn't any at all, really. It's just in my head. So just remember our thoughts are there as just thoughts. and they're, they're not us. They're not us. And... The other tip I'd have is every day, try and write down three to five things that have been good for the day. Yes, I do that in the morning and in the evening. Yeah, definitely. Try and, try and do that. And then if you can do a little bit of breathing exercises or a bit of mindfulness, such as breathing into four counts and then breathing out for seven counts. So breathing yes. through your nose, let your stomach um, expand and then breathe out through your mouth. And then just do that for, say, 10 minutes a day. But just focus on the positive things because we've all got where we are today by being being able to cope with things. And look at the things you've coped with in life before. Yes. You've coped with some big things in life, so you can certainly cope with them in the future. True. And just be grateful for it. Have gratitude. Be grateful. Thank people for what they do for you and just have this gratitude about life. And when we're doing those things, and the three Ps, positive action, positive thought and positive interaction. So do things that are positive, think positive, interact with other people. And when we do, and get enough sleep, sleep is so important. Yes. You must sleep because 
during our sleep, we, we actually deal with our undischarged emotions and turn them into a narrative, into a story where we discharge them. Mm -hmm. So that's how we get rid of our day's emotions and empty our stress bucket. So sleep is so important. So whatever you do, try and get seven to eight hours sleep every night. Yes, great stuff. So how can people get a hold of you? I will include everything in the show notes, but it's always good to hear as well. Yeah, I've got a, my company's called New Day New You. UK. So I have a website and then my email address is info at ndny.uk. And then my phone number's there as well. So it's a UK number. So 7831162438, a UK number. So all my details are there. So quite easy to find. I also have a LinkedIn profile under my name. So yeah. you can contact me via if you'd like to. Very nice. And Facebook. <laughs> all, of, all the social media, yes. Yeah, Thanks. all the social media. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, Nick, this has been fabulous. And it's usually the energy I get from, it's just like, yeah, but now my energy is nice and calm and focused. I love it. So I'm going to be able to tackle the next task on my multi-passionate <laughs> task list <laughs> with, with <laughs> such great degree of concentration. So this was a win-win for me. <laughs> For sure. So thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Carol. It's really nice talking to you and have a fantastic weekend and I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, for sure. Take care. Thank you for listening to Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life with Carol Dixon Carr. If you'd like to continue the conversation on these topics, head on over to the free Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes along with other resources. And if any of Carol's words resonate with you, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Until next time.